FAMU can thank their defense because after a crippling display on the defensive side, they knocked off Alabama State and remained the top dog in the SWAC East. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And me? I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. And I appreciate you for giving me the privilege of being your first listener of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive. Starts with an S and ends with an S. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Nowadays, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. So go to LinkedIn.com and you can find the right fits for your team faster. And you can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, today's episode is all about FAMU versus Alabama State. The same way that it was on Friday, except obviously we're recapping the game. We're not just previewing it. So on the top of this little vision board, so to speak, whatever, I can't tag board. That's what it's called, I think. You see, I still have the title, you know, FAMU versus Alabama State. Let me know if you like that, because I might do that more often when we just dedicate a whole episode to a game in particular. So we'll wrap up today's episode with the starting quarterback for Alabama State they had a change Damon Stewart is there let's look at his performance before that we'll look at the SWAC East standings which is essentially just kind of taking a deeper look into the ramifications of this week's outcome between Bama State and FAMU and if you don't know FAMU won and if you don't know why it's because of their defense the dark cloud defense is the reason that Florida A&M won this game nobody's surprised that this is a defensive matchup if you would have told me, fam, you and, and Alabama State were playing and you said, hey, it's either going to be a shootout or a defensive game, pick right now, gun to your head, what's it going to be? I'd be living because I thought it was going to be a defensive matchup. I can't even say I thought it was going to have as many points as it did. And it was about halfway, maybe three quarters through the game in which the commentators reflected on last last year's matchup, saying how this was really similar. And it was. The final score was even pretty close at that, right? So instead of... 21 or yeah 21 14 you're looking at 23 to 10 like it's very close and both times FAMU was able to win in both times the game ceiling touchdown came from a non-offensive possession and look I'm not taking too much away from FAMU's offense because I want to get something let's get this disclaimer out so last week seven days ago after Southern knocked off Alabama and then I came on here and I talked the same way about Southern's defense very glowingly but it also came with the caveat of this offense is poor. They're dead weight. They're being dragged. They, they aren't performing. That's not what's happening here. FAMU's defense just was great. 
FAMU defense stood up against the odds multiple times and made stops, didn't even allow the team to budge. I don't feel like FAMU's offense is dead weight. I thought they had their moments. That's completely different. So let's not allow a similar compliment of the defense make it seem like I'm giving a similar criticism of the offense. I'm not doing that at all. I just think that FAMU's defense was right on point. Alabama State won the position, the field position battle in a major way. Like it wasn't even close. Florida A&M didn't have a single drive that started beyond their own 30-yard line. Not one. The whole game. While you look at Alabama State, they had more drives that started beyond their own 30-yard line than ones that didn't. Six to five. They had 11 possessions. Six of them started beyond their own 30. Five of them didn't. But you know what? Even pointing out the own 30-yard line, to me, is not enough to really grasp how much work that FAMU had to do. Alabama State started three drives in FAMU territory. And on those three drives, one ended in downs. It was an eight-play drive. I think it got down. They definitely got into field goal possession or position, but that was the only time that they were in field goal range. Within all of those drives, of the three drives that started in FAMU territory, the other two were three and outs. The Dark Cloud defense is living up to the name yet again. And it's one of those things where you lose Marquise Bell. Okay, what's going to happen? You lose Isaiah Land. Okay, what's going to happen? Even you have Kamari Stevens who leaves in a transfer portal. What's going to happen? And they just continue to do it. And to me, I know that a lot of people liked Kamari Stevens. I know a lot of people like Gentle Hunt, especially my guy, Coach G. But for me, I'm an Isaiah Major guy. That's who I am. I'm an Isaiah Major type of guy. And he's the guy who had the nail in the coffin. He's the guy who had the non-offensive touchdown that really put this away. Because it was 17 to 10, and Alabama State was able to have their moments here and there. But at 17 to 10, Damon Stewart had his first turnover of the game. It was an interception to Isaiah Major. And the interception wasn't as impressive. I thought it was really a bad throw. It was one of the worst throws I saw Stewart make all day. But the return for the touchdown was the impactful part. And he deserved to take his helmet off. He deserved to yell at the crowd afterwards. He deserved those emotions because the way that he ran from about the seven-yard line to the end zone, dragging an Alabama State offensive player, it was, incre- it, it was, it was impressive. I was going to say incredible, but it was an impressive play and one in which I felt was the perfect way to sign off the day. The defense won. Allow them to be the one that delivered the coup de grace. Allow them to be the one who delivered the final blow because they had been so impactful. Let's go through the second half. Let's just look at the second half to start off in the third quarter. Alabama State had a possession that started on their own 39, their own 43, their own 44, and then FAM used 42. Those are the first four possessions. They scored seven points. They scored on the first drive, and after that did nothing. There was a couple of times. When fam, you gave the ball back, or yeah, fam, you gave the ball back due to a turnover. No points. 10 points allowed on the day and a touchdown. Fam, used defense was incredible. And in many times, they were starting already with their back against the ropes. And that's what made their performance even more impressive. If you want to look for a reason that fam, you is still the top dog in the swag, and the reason in why they were able to defeat Alabama State, there's only one place to look. If you're trying to find the right answer, and that's right over there at the dark cloud defense, because that's the reason that they won. And as we move forward, let's look at the ramifications of this victory, because, yes, it was impressive. Yes, it was a big deal. But let's break down why it was a big deal for FAMU, for Alabama State, and then also for the rest of the SWAC East in particular, as we continue with Locked On HBCU. 
Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And listen, every new hire nowadays feels like a high stakes wager. Is this person going to be the right fit? Could this person bring me down? You're going to get the former more times than not if you go to LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can vet the person. You can see who they are. You can see what they're about. And you can make sure that you get the right person, the right fit for your team faster. Because the right fit for your team can elevate you. We're not being brought down. All right, the year's almost over. We're not getting brought down. We're only elevating and moving forward into 2024. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college and find the right fit for yourself. There's over 800 million people on the website. Don't tell me you can't find the right one. They're right there waiting for you. Once again, the website is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. And of course, terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. I hope you enjoyed last Friday because we're coming right back 10 a.m. to noon central. The college football kickoff live show streamed here on Locked on HBCU. Make sure you're checking it out here. That's the only place that you need to be. Be right here checking it out. And I'll be there, too, for about a minute and a half to two minutes. But let's look at this game. FAMU versus Alabama State. We already broke down the reason why FAMU won. But what comes after their victory? Because FAMU was able to be victorious, but it's more than just another win. It's not just a regular game. This was a very important game for both sides and then also for the SWAC East in general. There was a lot of teams rooting for Alabama State. They might not want to admit it, but there was a lot of teams rooting for Alabama State. All right? And here's the thing. You're looking at two of the three teams, in my opinion, who really could compete for the SWAC East this year. And there's been nobody who's came in and changed my mind about that either. You're looking at two of the three teams who could fight for the SWAC East in 2023. Felt that way preseason. I feel this way midseason. And not only that, they were the only two coming into this week who still controlled their own destiny. See, Jackson State already lost to Alabama, or excuse me, lost to FAMU. So they need things to happen. They were probably the biggest team cheering for Alabama State. They might have been so distracted with Alabama State that they started struggling with with Bethune-Cookman because that wasn't a good-looking game. But I was able to come around. Now we're back to it. Let's not, let's not even go into that tangent because I'm a tangent type of guy. But FAMU is a team that everybody wants to knock off. But for Alabama State, it's a little bit different. See, when you say they're the team that everybody wants to knock off, they're kind of people's Super Bowl. I can see people getting geared up. Oh, I got to beat FAMU. They're the, they're the squad. They're the team to beat. We focus it on the SWAC East. But in the SWAC altogether, excuse me, in the SWAC altogether, you're looking at a team that is the team to beat. They are clearly the top dog in the conference, and I feel like every single week they're going to get people's best. They will never catch anybody sleeping. 
But with Alabama State, it's more than that because this isn't their Super Bowl. Like, I won't break them down to that. That'd be completely unfair. But instead, this is a game where you can become the top dog, where you can continue to control your own destiny, where you now have a slight, a slight margin of error, but you don't now. You're right there with everybody else because FAMU won. FAMU doesn't have to worry about a one-loss three-way tiebreaker with Jackson State. What I mean by that is a tiebreaker where each one of them have three have one loss. You don't have to worry about that anymore because the attention from this game now shifts to Alabama State versus Jackson State. If Jackson State wins that game, then you're still in the same position of needing FAMU to lose two games. If Alabama State wins that game, they're still in the position of needing FAMU to lose two games. So it's not that much different for me. But I do want to look because if I'm looking at the three teams, one has to lose another game. They have to. They face each other. They have to play. One's going to lose. So what that means is now if FAMU can just take care of business, if FAMU can just come in and not lose two games that they're not supposed to, they're good. I mean, I look at the rest of them. Alabama A&M doesn't inspire any confidence in me. They don't. Maybe when Xavier Lankford, I, actually, I don't even know what the injury is and how how long Lankford to be out. But the Quincy Casey offense didn't do much for me, didn't move the needle for me, honestly. And I've seen two games of it. Kind of a shrug. You know, the, they did get the win over UAPB, but it didn't look that pretty. I thought they developed some things later into the game. But overall, Alabama A&M, they still have more to show me. Mississippi Valley State, they definitely have more to show me. Technically, FAMU is not the only undefeated team within conference play because Valley hasn't played any conference games. So you have that, at, at, you know, for whatever it's worth. And you look at Bethune-Cookman. All of those teams are on their schedule. Bethune-Cookman is the scariest to me because it's a rivalry game. But overall, like, I'm not worried about Alabama A&M. You beat Alabama A&M, you're good. You beat um, Mississippi Valley, you're good. Like, you have to win certain games. What you can't do if you're FAMU is go into the last game of the year against Bethune-Cookman and need that game to win. If you can go undefeated from now until you play Bethune, you won. You won. You don't have to worry about anybody else. But everybody else needs near perfection. Everybody else needs perfection, in my opinion. In my opinion, if unless the unless you beat FAMU, you're not winning. If you don't beat FAMU, the only other team I think has a chance is Jackson State and Alabama State. Those are the only two. If Alabama A&M can get a win over FAMU, okay, the conversation shifts. Mississippi Valley gets a win over FAMU, the conversation shifts. I don't know, man. I don't know. Alabama A&M is the only one. That's the only one, bro. I'll be honest with you. That's how I see it. And Bethune-Cookman would be way too late in the season for us to even know. And if it And if it comes to that, then we'll hype it up because of tie breaks and things of that nature. But overall, the SWAC East now looks like FAMU with a two-game cushion due to tiebreaker rules over either of the two teams I feel like real competition. And then you have everybody else who I just don't I don't think is going to be real competition. I'm not really impressed by them and haven't been impressed by them really at any moment during the season, to be honest. That's just how I feel about them. But as we move forward, let's look into one guy who, despite a loss, actually did impress me, and that's Damon Stewart. I thought he looked good in this first start for Alabama State. It sucks that it might not matter um, in this season, but I did think he looked good, and I want to break down that performance as we continue with Locked On HBCU.
Now it's time for your game changer of the week. And I think you know who this is. It's Isaiah Major. The fact that he had the nail in the coffin, the dagger, the reason that FAMU won and put the game away was an Isaiah Major pick six. And that's our game changer of the week. And much like Major, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the game for non-alcoholic beers. Now, you can pick this at any moment. Doesn't matter if you're at your son's practice, your daughter's practice. Doesn't matter if you're just watching the game. If you just want to have a little bit of fun, these are perfect for every single occasion. These brews are great tasting, and they've actually been award-winning and stood the test next to some of the full-strength beers out there. They're fit for all time, so it doesn't matter when you want to have them. There is no hangover, nothing of the sort, just absolute good taste and good vibes. So go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the promo code locked on as L O C K E D O N and get 15% off your offer. Now, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. I threw up two fingers, but I meant three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. And Damon Stewart impressed me in his debut as the Alabama State starting quarterback. Now, I spoke about this on Friday. We weren't sure. I wonder if you could hear those birds, whatever doing. What, what, what do birds do? What sound? They cack? Squawk? I don't know. I don't know. I ain't, I'm, I'm not a biologist or anything. I don't, I don't deal with the animals, right? But anyway, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Also wonder if you could hear that storm at the beginning. But I talked about this on yesterday, Friday's episode. Damon Stewart. I, I heard Coach Robinson when he said that D. Davis wasn't benched. I didn't believe him when he said it. I'll say this. Even if you wanted to get Damon Stewart some sort of reps, I don't know if I would have done it at the moment that I did it because it surely looked like a benching. And then you tell me that whoever plays the best in practice, I'm kind of leaning towards Damon Stewart. And that's what happened. And you know what? Damon Stewart looked like he should have been the starting quarterback this whole time. And I feel crazy for coming on here and praising him because they only scored 10 points. And in a way, I kind of feel like how everybody who advocated for D. Davis after week one. Week one, Alabama State didn't do much. They didn't. Alabama State scored 14 points against Southern, and everybody came on. Oh, D. Davis was executing the offense well, and he was doing this, that, and the third. And, you know, I didn't watch that game. I didn't watch the game. I was too busy watching Texas Southern choke a lead away. But I walked away like he only scored 14 points. What could you see? But sometimes you need to do more than just the box score because in this game, Alabama State only scored 10 points. But I walked away feeling a little bit encouraged. I walked away feeling like, you know what? They had their quarterback who I actually trust. Because I'll tell you this. Fam, you stopped them from running the ball altogether. Let's look through some of these guys. Let me see. I, I, have, my, I have the stats right here. So Alabama State's running attack, their leading rusher, right? The leading rusher on Alabama State was Javon, or excuse me, Jawan Howell. And he had 19, excuse me, he had 30 yards on 12 attempts with a long of 19. You take out that, he had 11 for 11. So outside of the long carry, he had one yard per pop. Like this was absolute domination. The person who had the most yards per carry was Jalen Sutton. He only had one yard, one carry. Like, this is this is a situation where if you can't run the ball against FAMU, you're not winning. FAMU is too talented for you not to be able to do both things. If you can't run and pass, 
you're not going to you're not going to beat them unless you win a 10-7 matchup. And on this night, Alabama State could not run the ball. So that's why they came up short. But I don't think that Damon Stewart played poorly. He ended his night with 23 of 38, 289 yards, a touchdown and an interception that we already broke down. One thing he did know to do was get Keyshawn Johnson involved. Eight catches, 112 yards. Now, Keyshawn Johnson to me was so impressive. Also, he spread the ball out. Before we get to Johnson, he spread the ball out in a way that Alabama State's offense had not done. Nobody had touched 50 yards in a game up to this point. right? They definitely didn't have 100. I don't think they even touched 50. I don't think anybody did. Maybe one guy. You look at Isaiah Scott, four for 65. You look at Asa Gregg two for 56 and a touchdown, a long of 47. There was moments in this game where Damon Stewart looked good. There was moments in this game where you felt like, oh, you're doing this to fam you. It wasn't consistent throughout the whole game, but there were definitely moments where I said, Damon Stewart is doing this against Florida A&M. Okay. It just gave me confidence. I'm not here to say he's a world beater. I'm not here to say he's a swag player of the week, let alone a swag player of the year or anything like that. But at halftime, he was outperforming Jeremy Musa. At halftime, he was outperforming Jeremy Musa. Things kind of stalled out. I'll give him that. Things did stall out in the second half. But the numbers are right there. And he looked good. He was going, he was going toe for toe with the guy who is the swag preseason player of the year. Damon Stewart showed a lot of good in this game. I thought he, I thought the arm strength that he showed at moments to be able to get into certain spots. I'm not saying just all the way down the field, but I thought his precision was on point a couple of times. Like this was a player who made me feel like, okay, Alabama State can develop offense. If this was week one, we would feel really optimistic about the Alabama State offense. Unfortunately, it's week four. And that's kind of what I hinted at. It sucks. And you know, I don't want to second guess things because you went with D Davis and D Davis did win you a game. D Davis was able to win you a game against Southern. He was a part of a victory against Southern. He didn't win you that game, but he was a part of it. And I get why they thought D Davis could do something. And honestly, it's not as if they pulled him too late. It's not as if it was too deep into the season for it to matter. I just can't help but wonder if Damon Stewart was the starter from week one, if he would have had a little bit more chemistry and maybe a better game against FAMU. It's hard to second guess it because, like I said, you did win the first conference game. And technically, you won the first conference game. You lost against Miles, but that meant absolutely nothing. And now you come in in this game against FAMU with Damon Stewart. So you had the right quarterback, in my opinion, in Stewart. You had the right quarterback in, in the game that was very important. Just felt like, man, if this was week one, you'd be like, oh, they could come back from it. But now after losing to FAMU, I just don't know if it's going to be enough. I think you might have needed to have this happen a couple of weeks before you face FAMU. Just tough blow, tough blow. But overall, Damon Stewart looked good. Alabama State takes solace in that, and I'll be looking forward to whenever you guys play Jackson State. I'll look at the schedule to get it all together. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. I know you do that whenever FAMU, or excuse me, whenever Alabama State plays Jackson State because you're an everydayer, and you do this every single day for me. And I appreciate it every single day from you, all right? Now, I appreciate you for that. I hope that tomorrow you're back again. And until the next time that we hear each other, family, and we'll be talking about Prairie View because I think Prairie View has to look like the early favorite in the SWAC West, and they actually have an important matchup for that on Saturday. So we're going to break it all down tomorrow, tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. But until the next time that we hear each other, family, I will not sing. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.